my team leader pointed out to me, hey man, you're one for one when it comes to coffee dates. And I pushed back, I said, well, no, that coffee date had nothing to do with this deal 10 months later. And he said, yes, it did. He said, you went out, you talked with him about real estate. He's the first person you talked with about real estate. 10 months later, he was buying a seven figure home with you and then using you to list his home. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I am back today. The Some of you guys haven't heard my voice for a while, at least on an official interview, but I've been chatting with Logan a little bit on Instagram over the past couple months, right? Logan was a listener. He talked about what was going on and he shared with me some of the successes that he has had uh, since an early time in his career. Um, I encouraged him to sign up to be on the podcast and told him that when he did uh, sign up, that I would make sure that I would find a way to be on that interview. Because as most of you guys know, I love getting to interview newer agents that found our podcast when they first got started. So I'd like to introduce Logan Walter, part of the Livian team, Keller Williams out of Dallas, Fort Worth. Logan, how's it going, man? So pumped to be here, man. This is such a dream come true. It's so good to see you in person and, and get to talk to you about real estate. I listen to this every morning as I work out. It's uh, one of my favorite uh, just business building podcasts. That's really the, I love it. I, I love getting to, to hear those stories. when. Um, so you live up in Dallas. When did you start listening to the podcast? I started studying real estate in 2020. I got officially licensed in April of 2021, but I was still in my former job. So I was a minister at a church and I was one of only a few people that would be on stage each week. So I knew that they needed a runway to replace me. And so uh, I spent about eight months transitioning out of that job, didn't do any real estate stuff during that time. I was just listening to this podcast, listening to audiobooks, doing some online courses, really preparing for the jump, which I made at the beginning of this year uh, into real estate. So I started listening to the podcast, I would say end of 2020. But I backlogged a lot of, a lot of so I mean, my favorite is probably the Tracy Tudor episode, of course. Uh, yeah, that, that one, that one gets a lot of the people that have got to go listen to that one. I need to, I need to reach out to Tracy and actually try to do yeah. another interview. Maybe see if she wants to come back and talk about other stuff. The, uh, the, that one was, was very infamous. So the, if you guys haven't heard that one, go listen to it. It's only a four or five minute podcast. There's a good laugh afterward. And, um, you know, it, Pat was, it was interviewing back then and I'm actually interviewing Pat and Tim a little bit later today. When this awesome. comes out, it may have been the podcast that was released a week prior, two weeks prior, maybe two weeks from now, but I'm going to get to interview Pat, uh, Pat Hyben and Tim Rode a little bit later today on a new book that they're coming out with. So you started studying 2020. You were a pastor still when you got officially licensed. Did you start listening to the podcast in 2020? Did you start waiting or did you wait till you left being a pastor and became an agent? No, I started listening. You know, the first thing I did when I was figuring out what was going to be next in life when I realized I wasn't supposed to be a full-time minister anymore. That was no longer going to make sense. I The first thing I Googled is how many real estate agents fail? Why do they fail? And the first thing that came up is that 87% don't renew their licenses. And so I knew immediately there was going to be some hurdles in the way. 
And so I started listening to different podcasts. It took me a while to hone in on this one. I knew that uh, Bigger Pockets was trusted by a lot of people. And I knew that David Green trusted this podcast. And then the more I listened to this podcast, the more I realized, okay, there's legitimate information. People are sharing scripts. People are, the, the premise of the podcast being that people tend to hoard secrets to themselves. But on this podcast, we're letting it all out. We're going to tell people how we get deals to the closing table. And so that was so helpful before I knew if I was ever going to get a deal to the closing table to hear how new agents did it, to hear how veteran agents did it. And so I was listening for a good year before I even leaped into real estate. That is, uh, that is why we do this, right? Those are the examples of why we do this and why agents come on because it is a great big world out there and we can share our secrets and it can help people launch. So what made you know you want to be a real estate agent? So in, I was a traveling music minister. I would travel around and lead at different events, lead the music for these events. And I really liked how people oriented that was. And I didn't realize until I joined a church staff and I just had a regular nine to five and I was a W-2 employee that really part of what I liked about the traveling music thing is that it was entrepreneurial right? You go and you meet new people and you find out what it is that they need. And then you solve that problem for them. You do a really good job for them. And then they recommend you to other people and you essentially build a repeat and referral network. I didn't call it that at the time, but once I was just a W2 employee, I looked back and realized, oh, actually, I think I'm wired for the 1099 life. I think I'm wired entrepreneurially. And so I looked at real estate and I realized this is an opportunity to meet new people, to build a repeat and referral network. It's highly relational. And I get to sleep in my own bed because for years I was traveling 200 days a year. And then I got married. I had kids. I said, I need something that I can build relationships and build a network and sleep in my own bed. And so that's real estate. And now you're here. So when, what month, what day did you actually leave ministry and jump all into real estate? The last time I led as a full-time minister was the Christmas Eve service, 2021. Oh, how fitting. I had, I had a little Christmas vacation there for a minute. And then my first day of lead generation was January 3rd, 2022. Cool. So about seven and a half months. So the, and I'm going to jump ahead and then jump back. How many deals have you done since then? I've done 21 deals and 21 months. deals in eight, eight and a half months. Uh, you just started uh, then. So listeners, that's why sometimes people are like, Logan just got his license. Why are you interviewing him on here right now? Because, um, and, and this is why, right? Because in a short period of time, you've been able to pick it up. You've been able to take what you learned and applied it. And I guarantee, Logan, there's lots of listeners today that haven't quit their job yet, that haven't got licensed yet. And you know, I meet a lot of people that talk about wanting to become entrepreneurs. They say, I want to become an entrepreneur. I just want to quit my job and become an entrepreneur. And I met several people that like quit their jobs and became an entrepreneur. And then on like Monday, they were just kind of like waiting yeah. They're going like, okay, now what, what do I do? I guess I need to run or they work like an hour a day or they like start interviewing for an office. So I love to tell people like, don't quit your job unless you know what you're going to do on that first day, unless mm -hmm. you know what you're going to do. So let's talk about it. You said your very first day you started lead generation. What did yeah. that look like? So the first thing I did is I joined a team. I did a lot of research and I joined a team that had proven that they could take a rookie agent and produce. And so uh, actually, my team has a podcast of their own. And on that podcast, they interviewed one of their rookie agents. Her name is Joanna Rodriguez. And in her first two months, this is not a joke. In her first two months, she pinned 18 deals. And so I said, okay, uh, something is happening here. They're surrounding her with accountability. Uh, they're surrounding her with some training. 
And really the truth is once I met her, I realized she was getting into the office. She was doing the work every day. She was making hundreds of calls per day and she was calling expired listings, FISBOs. She was really leaning in into everything the coaches said. And so my plan was not to come in with any preconceived notions. I had learned things from this podcast. I had learned things from real estate school and all of that. But in the end, what I wanted was an in-person mentor and a team that had proven that they could produce. And I said, I'm going to join that team. And I'm going to do what they say. And so I got in day one. I had to learn my CRM and I started calling expireds, FISBOs. I called everybody that I knew. I didn't want to be a secret agent. I learned that from this podcast. I wanted to, um, I was told coming out of my previous job that in order for somebody to trust you with a half million dollar deal, they need to trust your character and your competency so that you're going to be honest with them and that you're good at the job. And so the people in my sphere, they already trusted my character as a husband and as a dad and as a friend. And so I had to prove to them that I was good at the job. They didn't know if I was going to be good at real estate or not. And so I got this set up. I started doing some videos. I did a top five pros and cons of living in Frisco, Texas video. And I said, I want to do this really well. I want to show that I'm doing this next job well. And then anytime I had any little success or if I was in the office, I would show what I was doing on social media. I would have lunches with people. I would talk with them. I'm a very passionate person. I talk about my family, my faith, sports, music, and now real estate right? It just comes up naturally in conversation. And so everything I was doing was trying to show my sphere, people who already trusted my character, that I am now competent at this new job. And so uh, that included calling people, including filming Loom videos for people. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Loom, but it's it's just a way of capturing. You can do it on Zoom as well. Just capture yourself talking about something with expertise. So you can send a CMA video to your friends and say, oh, hey, so slow down. So the, yeah. let's let's break up a few of those things. So first, you're calling for you call Fizbos. We're gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna go through your four different outreaches you just talked about. Yeah, because because I know because a couple of listeners reached out to me recently. They said well, they've been in for two months. They're just they they don't know what to do. They're stuck. All right. So first, you call Fizbo, mm-hmm. and what do you say when you're calling a Fizbo? What's your script? So my script for Fizbos is if I know their name, I'll say hi name and get them to give a response. A lot of times I don't know the name. And so I'll say, is this the owner of this property? I'll say, hi, my name is Logan. I'm a local realtor. I understand you're listing this property by owner, correct? And then they give a yes. They say, yes, I'm listing it by owner. And I just say, how long before you consider listing it with a realtor? And sometimes they say never. And that helps me to move on. And sometimes they say, ah, give it a couple of three weeks. And so I will say that early on in the year, Fizbos and expireds were very tough. I mean, I would I would get into the office and no listings were expiring, right? Yep. Because everything was selling. And for sale by owners for the first time in a long time, we're able to sell. They and so, it. yeah, my listing, my my script with expireds is high name. I try to get their name and respond that I'm calling the right person. And then I say, I see that 5019 Verdant Valley Uh, just came off the market. And I was wondering what the story was. Why did it come off the market? And then they just share the story. I try to figure out what their problems are and if I can solve their problems and develop that relationship that way. Wow. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. 
there's a lot of superstars out there that use follow-up boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using follow-up boss. We use follow-up boss. So we use follow-up boss. I love follow-up boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to Follow Boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones, but me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LineDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think Follow Boss gives you the most integrations Mm -hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable i do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that it's just a little more convenient for me um it tracks everything that i need i can customize it if i want if i want to go smart list based that's fine if i want to go task based it's fine i think it's one of the best systems and it's very user-friendly it's just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow-Up Boss. Purely objective, Follow-Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow-Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. So the so somebody says, like, you know, I'm going to give it a few weeks before I before I want to hire an agent. When do you call them back? I call them back. I call them back in a week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I will also, I film market update videos each month. And so I want to send them information about me and about my team. I really pump up my team because at, at first I've done no deals, right? So I have nothing to show for my own production, but I can show my team sold over 300 homes last year. The national team sold over 3000 homes last year. They don't know that I didn't sell any of those. Right. And so I'll send them information about my team, about what we do to get it marketed. And then I'll follow up with, hey, here's a video that I filmed about the August real estate market. Cool. And so Fizbo's expired. You're reaching out to him. You're saying, mm-hmm. hi, maybe it turns into something. Maybe they just get on your list. And now from that list, now you're saying, hey, by the way, my team sold a bunch of houses. Hey, by the way, the housing market's selling up like crazy. Oh, mm-hmm. and by the way, here I am, Logan, even though my team did this. Here's something I want to tell you about the real estate market today. And you yeah. record a video and you send it out to him. Is that via email? Is that texting them a Loom link? What's the what's the deliverable? Yeah. If they have an iPhone, I'll I'll text it to them so that it's it's easier to view. If I have their email address, I'll send it to them via email, more information. Sometimes I do both. Uh, sometimes I switch it up. Uh, but yeah, I want to talk with them on the phone. I want to follow up in the next week. I put them into my CRM, which we use Boomtown. Uh, but really the best CRM is the one that you use, right? And so I will have a uh, a, CM, a CMA follow-up plan uh, to reach out to them over the coming weeks. 
All right. So now let's jump back to friends and family. So people yeah. are the most common thing that people are understanding when they're new and from the podcasts and other stuff, they get on social media and they say, Hey, by the way, I'm a real estate agent now. And they start sharing those and they do get a little outreach. They will get friends that start to say like, Hey, what do you think about this? Or, Hey, I'm having trouble buying a house or, Hey, is this a fair deal over here? But how do you, um, were you more aggressive than that? Were you more you know, direct and proactive than that? And what was it like to reach out to friends and family? Yeah, you know, it was scary at first. I understand why people might have hesitancy to reach out to new people. I think there might be a fear that, hey, my friends already have an agent. If they're a homeowner, they already have an agent. And the ones that don't have an agent are first-time homebuyers, and they're going to be entering a bidding war at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2022. And so that's really scary too. And so I just had to get past that fear, call people, let them know what I was doing, and see if they would meet up for lunch. I had one friend who's a really successful real estate agent around here, and he is entirely sphere-based. And he told me, if I was given $10,000 for marketing, I'd spend $10,000 on lunches. And so I took that in because that, I don't know, I didn't know if that was going to be my philosophy of marketing. I had some other things in mind. I wanted to do YouTube. I wanted to do expireds and Fizbos, but I kept that in mind. Okay, this guy has had a lot of success by taking people to lunch and developing relationships. And so as often as I can, I book out my lunches and book out coffee dates. And, and that's talk- be a, that could be a friend you met from church and you're saying, yeah. Hey, do you want to go to lunch? And you're yeah. going to be able to tell, and they're going to say, Hey, what are you been up to Logan since you're not a past, pastor anymore? Yeah. And you're like, I'm an agent. And they say, what's the, what's the market like? And you get to start talking shop. That's right. So tell me about the first video you send out to people where it's because, so everybody trusts you. Everybody you met at church is like, we like Logan. <laughs> You're like, Hey, I'm an agent now. They're like, what? We saw you with a guitar in your hand last week. How are you an eight? Like you're an agent now. Cool. Good for you. And you're like, would you trust me to sell your home? I was like, ah, I don't know. That's a really big decision. So now you're like, Hey, you're going to tell them that you're an expert. Is that the simple stuff as the loom videos too of, Hey, here's what's going on with the real estate market in July. Yeah. You know, my team leader pointed out to me, I took a guy out to coffee in July of 2021. So this is long before I had launched into real estate. And he was one of the first people that I told that I was heading into real estate, right? And so we developed a relationship over coffee. He actually does commercial real estate investing, but uh, would would want an agent to represent him on the residential side if he ever did a deal, right? So he was the first person that I told. We went out to coffee. We talked about it. He shared some with me about commercial real estate. Fast forward 10 months later, it's May, and he calls me and he says, hey, there's a house in Frisco that me and my wife want to buy. It was a million dollar home. And so from that conversation, and my my team leader pointed out to me, hey man, you're one for one when it comes to coffee dates. And I pushed back. I said, well, no, that coffee date had nothing to do with this deal 10 months later. And he said, yes, it did. He said, you went out, you talked with him about real estate. He's the first person you talked with about real estate. 10 months later, he was buying a seven figure home with you and then using you to list his home. And so I took that to heart that, um, first of all, I really enjoy being around my friends and I enjoy having lunch with them and coffee with them. So it's very natural. We don't have to talk about real estate the whole time, but that building that relationship, talking with them about the business. And so when he reached out to me and said, we have this home that we're interested in, it was listed for $950,000. I knew there was going to be a bidding war. There was a hundred showings the first weekend for this house in Frisco. And so I filmed a loom video and I scripted it out. Okay. 
it was a it was a page long script, and then I reduced the script down to some major points that I wanted to get across. And then I filmed this Loom video just as professionally as I could for somebody who had been in the business for four months, explained how I would find the value of this house, how it relates to other houses in the neighborhood within half a mile, how an appraiser would look at this house and where the market is currently and what we might have to do to get it and sent that video. And from that, he trusted that I knew what I was doing when it came to writing contracts and and winning a bidding war. The... Very cool story. So that was your first actual deal? That was my first seven-figure deal. By then I had done I had done six or seven deals to that point. How did you get your first deal? My first deal was a couple at the church that wanted to sell some land in Tioga, Texas. And they just trusted me with it's still the only land deal I've ever done to this day. It was two five-acre plots of land. They were going to sell it to their neighbors for forty thousand an acre. They listed with us. We did the drone shots. We sold it for 75000 an acre. And so 84%, I think, above. How did they find out you were an agent? So I wasn't, a, at no point was I a secret agent. Once, once I started telling people around July, August, it was announced to the church that we would be looking for somebody to replace me. And of course, the next question is why? And my answer is real estate. And so they knew I was heading into real estate. They knew they had some land they wanted to sell. It was as simple as that. There was trust there. That is awesome. All right. So now you've, um, how many deals have you done? I've done 21 deals for 10.5 million. 10.5 million. So the, I won't ask you how much money you've made as a pastor, but the, um, (laughs) because that is, that's like, that's like being a stay at home mom is one of the most important jobs in the world, but, but the pay doesn't actually reflect that most of the time. Um, what have you done for gross commissions in your eight months? Yeah. So gross commission about 140. So I pay out a 50% split to my team. I pay out a split to Keller Williams, uh, but I crossed that six figure mark at on July 1st. So about six months in, I'd reached the six figure mark. So back in January, when you're like, I'm going to go start taking people to coffee. what do you think you're going to do this year? I thought that it could take 10 months to get my first deal. Yeah. I had heard some stories about it. A lot of my heroes, and you're one, you were in the, the real estate industry back during the crash. Yep. And, but I had a lot of heroes who got in around 2008. They had to figure out short sales. They had to figure out how to solve problems right in a very intense market. And so I entered into 2022. And all I was told is this is a horrible market for rookie agents. And you have to be able to win bidding wars. And that's just not going to happen. And first-time homebuyers can't win bidding wars. And so I... I feel very fortunate seeing people like you and others that got in in a really difficult time in 2008, that now are experiencing the fruit of having to solve really difficult problems early on in their career. I feel very fortunate that I'm on a team that has helped me solve those problems. I've had people who have trusted me with solving those problems because, yeah, I thought zero. I thought it would take me six months to get my first. I mean, you can learn plenty of stuff on your own, but you learn way more with other people. You learn way more if you get to learn from their mistakes instead. Everybody in my in my network, everybody on my on my teams or in my companies, I try to encourage them like, hey, learn from me. You won't it won't have to take you 15 years to be a success. It, it'll take you, you you can make this happen a little bit faster. Um, yeah. but still reminding people like be patient, follow the path. Fantastic first year so far, Logan. So beginning of the year was a challenge because it was hard to be new. Houses were selling like crazy. You actually got some listings because of those relationships. You're out there reaching out to people. You also mentioned like, so the gal that did so many deals her first two months, 
Mm-hmm. She came in the office every day and made hundreds of calls a day. Yeah. She said. Listeners, especially new agents right now, agents that have been agents for a few months and are struggling, listen to that, right? A few hundred calls a day, like woke up and said, I'm going to make 300 calls today. And the reality is, is you could make 300 calls and have none of them go very good. Somebody on my team just had this incredible deal just close. Incredible, incredible deal. There's a foreclosure lead, door knocking on the lead. Then you say like, hey, your house is in foreclosure. Would you consider selling it? Right. And the, and we knock on hundreds of doors and, and half the time people tell you to get away, tell you to go away. They say, yes, we'll do a deal. And then, and then we can't, somebody else signs a contract afterward. And then, you know, so we, we start working with the lady and then a couple of weeks later we find out, oh, it's in probate. So it's like, okay, we won't be able to buy before foreclosure. Were they able to stop the foreclosure? Cool. They're like, how do we do probate? And she's having to walk them through like all those different steps. Well, at the end of the day, now the deal closes like three or four months later. And it's a great win-win. We get a great deal on the house because of all the wreckage that was with it. And the person that's selling the house calls and thanking afterward. I use those examples. Or I love those examples of the 300 outbound calls or the 300 door knocks because the you know, sometimes on the fifth or the 10th call, you get some good results. Sometimes it's on the fifth or the 10th week, you get some good results, but it's about going in and doing the work. So if you're an agent right now, we also had a couple of people just reach out on, on our group Facebook page and on social media say, Hey, I've been an agent for a while. And I'm just struggling. And it's realizing like, Hey, we, we all want to become entrepreneurs because of the dream of making our own hours, making our own schedule, only working a couple hours now and then going on vacation for a few weeks and having a team cover me. <laughs> That's the dream. But the steps are a lot of hard work for a while. And if you do a lot of hard work for a while, you can make really, really good money. You can be I'm sh- like your, your, first, your first year in, probably one, you know, one of your best years ever income-wise in your life. Yeah. And you get to go like, I am a fan of real estate now. It's really, really exciting stuff to see what you've been doing. So fast forward to August. Yeah. Market today is different than it was back in January. Very true. So what's happening up in Dallas? Yeah. So at the beginning of the year, I had a lot of, uh, I hosted open houses and those open houses were booming. And uh, I even got a listing from an open house. I got a uh, $650,000 buyer from an open house. And so I was open house, open house, open house. I was still calling expireds. There just weren't very many, right? And those expireds, occasionally I would get my foot in the door with one and I would show up and a guy just showed me his phone and he scrolled through. He had hundreds of calls that day. From, from agents. And so I said, okay, um, I'm still going to call them, but I need other forms of lead generation. So at the time, first six months of the year, open house is booming. I was getting leads from that. Now open houses are not quite as booming, right? If, if somebody has a serious buyer, they're not just sending them to open houses. They're holding them by the hand, taking them on showings. And so there's not as many people at open houses, but today we're having 50 cancels every day in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. 50 canceled listings. So we'll have five to 10 expireds, 50 canceled. And so there's an opportunity. They gave up. They said, just hey, my agent didn't do it. I thought I was going to sell my house for a million dollars. Yeah, He wants me listed for 800. I'm out. And the, the ratio of expectation to reality has never been more out of whack because they saw their all of their neighbors for two years got multiple offers, tons of showings above list price. And then they come in and they list their house and it's crickets right? And so they think the problem is their agent, they cancel. Well, that's an opportunity. First of all, that's somebody who is dissatisfied with an agent is looking for another agent at some point in the future. And so I'm putting a bunch of nurtures in my pipeline every day. This morning, I talked to a guy 
who is going to give it two to three more weeks with his current agent. And then I'll, I'm of course going to call him before then I'll send him a market update video. And then hopefully I get his business a few weeks from now. I have a listing in Aubrey, Texas, that is an expired listing that honestly, probably at some point we'll need to do a price reduction, but it also was not being marketed well. And so I get to show them, Hey, here's what my team is doing. And so right now I'm just putting expired and canceled nurtures in the pipeline while still doing the other things. I'm still doing open houses. Just like I still called expireds when that was not very fruitful, I'm still doing open houses when that's not fruitful. And now the expireds are, are bearing fruit. How many hours a week are you working? That's a good question. So as a, as a former pastor, I do believe in the concept of Sabbath. I also have found it very difficult to figure out how to take a Sabbath in real estate. I was already accustomed to working on Sundays, so that's no problem, right? I was accustomed to not taking the day off that most people take off. And there's a pastor I really respect in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And he says, if you're doing a medical residency or something really intense, you can go a season without having a Sabbath, just get back to it as quick as you can. And so for the first six months of real estate, no Sabbath, I was just, you know, just grinded every day, probably for, I, I honestly could not tell you at least 10 hours a day, uh, seven days a week. And now I'm trying to take Wednesdays, which we're recording this on a Wednesday, but I don't consider this to be work. This is pleasure. This is fun. And so uh, I take Wednesdays. Yeah. And then I go, I go hard um, Thursday through Tuesday. So a few things that I like about what you said, that I think any agent struggling right now, it is going to get harder as an agent right now for a lot of different reasons. And sometimes it gets easier. If you've got a buyer, it's easier right now to get a house. Yeah. Uh, It's harder because of rates. You've got to research, you've got to figure out like, can I get a seller to buy down a rate? And can I communicate that with my with my buyer so they understand that maybe they can make the same payment their buddies are, or maybe they're gonna get that same house for forty thousand dollars less. But you also mentioned like, hey, I'm still doing the open houses, I'm still doing the other things right now, even though they aren't as fruitful, because you never know what coffee or what open house is gonna to lead to that million dollar listing that also becomes People go, no, someone with a million dollar listing already has an agent. Not true, right? Like, like, I don't know how many people love their agents when the experience is over. But in the last couple of years, I think a lot of people had a really miserable experience in the home buying and home selling process. And I think a lot of them didn't love their agents by the end of it. When it gets stressful and it gets hard, um, you know, it's, or afterward, they're like, some people are having buyer's remorse right now. They're like, oh, my agent made me pay too much for a house because now my neighbor's house is less. So another thing that you mentioned was taking over uh, a canceled listing. So first, talk to me about that script. Canceled listing is, hey, I saw you canceled. Your, I saw your house just canceled. I'm one of 100 people calling you right now. What do you say to get your foot in the door? First of all, I want to call them right at 8 a.m. And so now that there's 50, I call the Frisco ones first because that's where I'm located. And I have a video out there, top five pros and cons of living in Frisco, Texas, that I can send to them after our conversation. And so I want to make sure I'm the first person to call people in Frisco, McKinney, Plano, Allen, the colony, these places right around me. And then after that, I'll start calling places uh, at canceled listings in Fort Worth, Arlington, places that are a little further from from where I live. But I want to be the first person at 8 a.m. to call these people. And the script is, Hi, name. I see that your home came off the market yesterday. I was wondering what the story was. I'm a local realtor. Why did it come off the market? They almost always say it has something to do with the market. And so I empathize with them there. I try to share some things they didn't know about the market, some ways that you can advertise a home. 
there's ways to do rate buy downs and and offer concessions. And so I have a, a script about a four hundred fifty thousand dollar listing, and I tell them if you list for four fifty, and you'd be willing to take four forty, you can talk with the buyer's agent about instead of selling it four forty, sell it four fifty, do ten thousand dollars of concessions off the top to buy down the rate, and that's the equivalent of offering four hundred two with the current interest rate. And so I'll say that to buyers agents, but more importantly, I'll say that to the canceled listings and expires to let them know, hey, I am on a team that is studying these things and knows the numbers. We have the best photography, search engine optimization, all of those things. And so if the conversation goes somewhere, uh, afterwards, I send them all of my information and I follow up. You know, another thing that you shared was you said, you've got a listing right now. You may have to lower the price soon but you guys are listing it so aggressively. Another thing that happens, a listing cancels and somebody says it's the market and my agent didn't really market it properly enough. Or they'll say my agent didn't do open houses. I mean, if they're canceling a listing, they are not happy with the way they were represented. And so the, and so sometimes it truly is the house is a different value. And that's a tough conversation to say like, Hey, you should be listing this house at 350. You were at 400. They go, well, I wasn't really you know, treated properly by the law. We didn't give it a fair chance last time. Cool. Fair. So then you're coming in as an agent and you are giving it a fair chance. So you, now you're going to do all the things you're going to do the open houses. You're going to market it properly. You're going to do all the things that they thought their agent should have done that, that maybe sells, maybe doesn't buy a house, maybe does, but now you're showing them we are doing everything. So then if you go back to them in, in a month and go, Hey, we have literally done everything this time. We've done the drones. We've done the open houses. We've tried to market this. I think we need to try to, and we're marketing it creatively. I think we also need to do a price reduction now. Now you've built this new trust with them and they're not blaming you as the agent yeah. because you've done everything and you've done everything they said the other one didn't. Now they're saying, okay, I guess the market is there. So I think that's, it's really important. You know, a year and a half ago, houses just sold really easily. So if you got to that listing, every seller for the most part, for whatever reason, they want people to do open houses. They want to see you putting their house open. They go, so when are you going to do the open house? And, and some people are like annoyed. They don't want anyone to see their house, but those people actually usually just like sell direct somehow. But the people that want to hire an agent, they want to do an open house because they believe that does it. They want to clean it. They want people to come in. They want to be able to see a hundred people walk in and out of the house. So they know it's going to sell. And I know so many agents, you know, 18 months ago, a year ago would say open houses don't sell your listing. You don't need to do an open house. There's no value to that. And so whenever anything goes wrong, a seller would always be like, you didn't do the open house. You didn't do the open house. <laughs> so, I, I, so I think that the, you know, the, the strategy that a lot of our listeners are going to come up with and that you've been doing, it's so important for people to do what you're doing. This has been a jam-packed podcast. You gave us like six or seven different scripts. You talked about, I had never heard anybody say, if you've got a $10,000 marketing budget, do 10,000 lunches, $10,000 in lunches. I love that. I believe in that. It adds up. The real estate is a long game. And sometimes if you're playing the long game with little expectations, but really, really hard work. When I hear your story, Logan, I hear you came in with very little expectations of how much money you could make at the beginning, but you were willing to work really, really hard. And you tried a bunch of different things and you had guidance from a team. So they'd hold you accountable and encourage you to do it. Sometimes it takes nine months to get your first deal, but you've had incredible success since then. Um, I just want to give you the floor for a minute. What are some, what's something out there that you wish somebody would have told you? What do you want to tell people about real estate, about what you guys have going on in Dallas? Just um, You've just got the next few minutes to talk about whatever you want. 
Yeah, you know, I think that I'll come back to the idea of not being a secret agent, not being afraid to reach out to your sphere. And so that initial month, month and a half, it took me a long time to reach out to everybody that I knew. So the first thing I did is I sent out a Christmas card, a Christmas card to everybody. And it cost some money, right? It cost some money to send out a postcard to everybody you know. And it had my family's picture. I said what my wife was doing. She's a diagnostician for Frisco ISD. I have a three, four, and five-year-old. So life is very chaotic when it comes to uh, the kids. And then I'm in real estate. And here's what I'm doing. Every single person I knew got that card. And then I spent the next month calling those people, asking if they got the card, asking how their family's doing, letting them know what I'm doing. And then four months later, one of them calls me and says, I need you to list my mom's house. She's in poor health. And that house went for $680,000. I don't think that that would have happened if there wasn't a relationship there, if there wasn't intentionality. So the first thing is reach out to your sphere. The second thing is uh, be a person. And, you know, Aaron, I know that you are this and, and the listeners, the people you've had on the podcast, they're all very honest people, right? They're people of high character and integrity. And so bring that to the business, you know, be a person who is kind and who listens and who is honest with people. And so uh, be clear, be clear that you're an agent. Uh, these are all going to be start with the letter C because I'm a former Baptist pastor and we all, we alliterate everything. So yes, be, clear, be clear, have high character and then competency, show them that you're good at the job, join a team, get trained, listen to this podcast, learn how to do the job well. Logan, I've got chills right now, man. This is my first <laughs> interview that I've got to do with uh, somebody that is that that's your first podcast. I mean, I think May, May I did the mastermind, and May is when my daughter started her battle up in Arkansas, and I haven't got to interview anybody since then and mm -hmm. get to go uh, this deep. And I'm so proud and so happy it got to be you to get mm -hmm. to hear somebody that had so much success this year and worked so hard and then sharing that last message about just working hard and being a good person. I feel like you deserve all of the success that you've had this year and really appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you being a fan of the podcast and I appreciate you mostly coming on to share your secrets, to share your scripts, to kind of give back what was given to you because there were definitely some nuggets today that you shared that nobody has heard so far. So if people want to reach out to you, people want to find you, they're going to want to ask you what's going on in, in Dallas. Maybe they're going to send you some referrals. What's the best way people can reach out to you, Logan? Yeah. At Logan Walter on Instagram. I'm Logan Walter on Facebook, or you can reach out to me, Logan Alexander Walter at gmail.com. Also, my phone number is 254-644-5297. I'd love to talk with you. Do it. The, um, you know, it's a good reminder of social media out there. For all of you guys that have reached out to me, you know that we do develop these real friendships that happen on social media. So if you've got questions, if you've got ideas, if you are wondering if maybe you could get on the podcast someday because you've started to have some success like Logan did, Logan said, hey, I've been doing pretty good. And I said, you've been doing great. Let's get you on the show. So reach out to me, reach out to Logan. As always, I am grateful to be here and be your host today. Um, Logan, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. 
They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.